Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, reader. I'm Cindy Burnett. Welcome to my award-winning podcast, Thoughts from a Page, which is a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. On the show, I chat with authors whose books I have enjoyed about their new releases, and I give you a peek behind the curtain of the publishing industry with my behind-the-scenes series. With so many books coming out weekly, it can be hard to decide what to read, so I find the best ones and share them with you. If you're looking for a community of readers, bonus content, and a chance to read books before they hit the shelves, I hope you'll consider joining my Patreon group, which is filled with a wonderful bunch of book lovers. The link to join is in the show notes. Today, instead of my regular show, I am running one of my favorite episodes from a podcast that I listen to regularly and love, Book Bumble, which is hosted by Leslie Hopping and Laura Pleasance. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do not already listen to them, go and subscribe to their show and catch up on all of their wonderful backlist. They have insightful conversations about such a variety of books, and I always add something to my TBR, and I bet you will too. Thanks for listening. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Welcome to Book Bumble, the podcast for people who love to read. In each episode, we'll introduce a stack of books that are tied together with a common connection to help take a deeper dive into each story. We provide a space to talk books that is friendly and deep with a little hint of geek. 
I'm Laura Pleasance. And I'm Leslie Hopping. And we are two friends who love spending time with our families, visiting libraries, and reading great books. We are so happy you joined us. Let's get started. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Laura. Welcome, everyone. This is episode seven of season two. Today, our stack of books is tied together with a common theme of surprises. There are many different ways to be surprised while reading a great book, as I'm sure you all know. So settle in and enjoy a few surprises we are going to send your way. I'm excited. Me too. What book do you want to start with? Okay, I want to start with The Last Lifeboat by Hazel Gaynor, which was published in hardback in April of 2023 and then came right out in paperback in June. Okay. And we've read several of her books. Mm -hmm. The most recent one being When We Were Young and Brave, which we featured on another episode. Mm -hmm. And I really like her books because she takes these historical events Mm -hmm. that you may not be really familiar with and brings them to light. And that's exactly what this book does. So it's historical fiction. And it totally surprised me because I had never heard of this event. And it's really tragic that inspired this book. Mm. And if you read it, which you should, the note at the (laughs) end by the author is not to be missed. I just feel like I just delve into these historical notes or author's notes. Mm -hmm. And this one is going to send you down a rabbit hole. Wonderful. I'm going to (laughs) be honest, though, based on the title and the cover, I thought it was going to be about the Titanic. I remember you saying that. And and this book is actually the one that inspired in our conversation about having one about being surprised. Yes, it you was. were like, I was so surprised. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. So that's another way that I'm surprised by this mm-hmm. book. So let me tell you more about the great story of this, this amazing novel. So it's told from the perspective of two women in 1940 England. Alice, who's happy living a really quiet life, but she really dreams of doing something unexpected or courageous to help the war effort. She just kind of feels like she's not doing anything Mm -hmm. or not doing enough. And then Lily, who's a widowed mom of these two really cute young children, Georgie and Arthur, Mm. and she's trying to decide what's the best way to keep her children safe from a Nazi invasion that everyone's expecting and also from nightly bombing. So that's another thing that surprised me because I didn't know that in Great Britain, they were expecting the Nazis to invade at one point. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was yeah. more focused on the bombings and the blitz and things like that. Right. So she's trying to figure out what should she do to keep her kids safe. So enter CORB, C-O-R-B. Okay. Let me see if I can get this right. It stands for the Children's Overseas Reception Board. Oh. <laughs> and it promised to safely evacuate children by sea to places like Canada or Australia. Okay. And it seems to be the answer that both of the characters are seeking because Alice signs up. So Alice is a teacher. And she signs up as an escort Mm -hmm. on a ship to guide these children to their temporary safe homes. And Lily makes the absolutely heart-wrenching decision to send Georgie and Arthur across the ocean 
to Canada. Can you imagine Ugh. what that would be like? So, and it was, she was just so conflicted I'm because sure. they did have bomb shelters, but mm-hmm. if the Nazis came, right. a bomb shelter wasn't going to cut it. So mm-hmm. they, they get on the boat and when a German U-boat torpedoes and sinks the ship that Alice, Georgie and Arthur are on, there's one missing lifeboat and lost in a drift in the ocean. Uh, and then Lily and Alice's lives become intertwined forever. Oh. So it's just so... Yeah. I mean, had you ever heard of that before? No. Me neither. Mm-hmm. No, I've, I had heard about, you know, the children being evacuated to the countryside. Right, in England. Right. Uh, taking them to England as the safe place. Exactly. And we did read Beyond That the Sea where she yes. was evacuated to the United States. Mm-hmm. But this was, you know, basically a whole ship of children hmm. that were going. And this particular ship was going to Canada. So okay. here's some ways that this, I mean, this was just an excellent book. And here's some ways that it surprised me. So the secondary characters were so good. Hazel Gaynor includes these great storylines of Alice's brother and sister, Lily's husband, Mm -hmm. and some great backstories for both Alice and Lily that make them really three-dimensional characters. And Mm -hmm. I think it would have been easy to just focus on the action in this story, the sinking of the ship and the aftermath. But the surprise here for me is that there's so much more depth here. Mm. The author also did a fabulous job of helping us get to know Georgie, who, by the way, is a little girl, Arthur, and a couple of the other children on the ship. And often, Mm -hmm. I just feel like children are kind of footnotes, Mm -hmm. unless it's, you know, a middle grade novel. Right. And I really got into how she wrote these kids so that they seemed... Like real children, mm-hmm. very well made done. you care about every single person. It yes, sounds like. Re- yeah, really well done. So the other thing that she did, which is really surprising, and I really can't think of a book that I've read recently that did this, but she did these portraits of of men who didn't want to be in this war. Mm, and I feel like we often read about the reluctant heroes, mm-hmm. you know, the tender kind of turned tough guy or like the unlikely resistance fighter. But right. in this story, Hazel Gaynor includes a conscientious objector okay, and also some men who are looking for a way out of the war, mm. however they can find it. Hmm. So I thought that was really yeah. interesting and thought-provoking. Yes, because they that had to exist. Yes. You didn't, have, you didn't just have everyone dying to yeah. fight. And being a hero. Right. So I thought, you know, it really made me think about the reasons and mm-hmm. also the consequences mm-hmm. that the characters had because they all had consequences right. for that. The other wonderful surprise to me was the inclusion of some diary entries from a real program Mm. called Mass Observation. And you can read more about that in the historical note at the end of the book. But know that these diary entries appear throughout the book and they provide insights into what the real people 
were living through at the time. And I love them because some are about everyday things, Mm -hmm. like a wedding anniversary. Okay. And then some relate to the sinking of the children's transport ship. Some of them kind of detail. They're like um, more into someone's thoughts and emotions about the war. And all of them are surprising and just really incredible views into the past. And they're all by different people. So it's not just one person's diary. I think that's really neat. I think it's amazing that somebody thought of that at the time. Like, let's do that and save it for posterity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really neat. It must have come up during her research. And she probably just really wanted to include it, which even makes it more three-dimensional. Yeah, and I love just the way it adds that depth to the story Mm because you've got all the cool things that are going on in the story. Then you've got these diary Mm -hmm. entries every once in a while that kind of set the stage for what's going to happen in that chapter. That's how they're used to kind of Mm. set the stage. So also, thank you. It has an epilogue. Thank you, thank (laughs) you, thank you to the author. It was so (laughs) satisfying to read about what happened to these fictional characters and then how they continued on. And I know, I know they're just characters in a book, but doesn't that just always hit the sweet spot mm-hmm. when there's an epilogue? Mm-hmm. And you don't always need it, but these kinds of things that are so, um, I'll say for me, anxiety provoking. Yes. You just really love the characters. Even yeah. Even fake, you just want to know. Yes. You want to know. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that goes into what I was going to say next, because the most anxiety-provoking scenes are the ones in the lifeboat. But they are so excellent. You just get a real sense of place. She has these great descriptions of the different, like, faces and personalities of the ocean. Oh, and she, Interesting. Right? Yeah. And she really shows the hope and honestly just the desperation of mm-hmm. the souls that were on board in such a compelling way. And remember, this mm-hmm. part really happened. There right. was a lifeboat Jeez. that they didn't know about. And it was just out there drifting along with people on it. A lot of character development mm. was done in these sections. And they're really some of my favorites in the book, which surprised me because that would be one of my absolute biggest fears would be to be adrift on the ocean in a lifeboat with a lot of people I didn't know Mm -hmm. and that nobody knew knew. that we were out there. I mean, Or even, uh, what was her name, Lily? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not having accounted for where those right. people are. Yeah. Like the loved ones. Yes. Because you just don't, you don't have clo- you don't know. Yeah. Huh. And so I want to hear what you think when yeah. you read it, because it surprised me that I thought at first, like, oh, man, I'm going to have to skim these over because right. I'm going to get so right. upset. But they were really hmm. among the best part of the book. I thought my favorites, my favorite scenes and. Also, the cover is amazing. It it shows a very specific view of the lifeboat. And you're going to see what I mean after you read the story. I think it was a very intentional choice of what is shown on the cover. Mm-hmm. And before you read it, you're just going to be like, oh, you know, that's a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. 
But after you read it, you're going to see what I mean. It was very, I think it was chosen Mm -hmm. purposefully. I love that. So it's pretty cool. It's a well-researched and really fascinating story of something I didn't know anything about. I highly recommend it. And that's The Last Lifeboat by Hazel Gaynor. That's someone I'd like to look at some of her backlist. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. those times so where you many. Need, yes, and those times where you need to read something that you know is going to be well written. Mm-hmm. That's a time you can just pick up some yes. of those authors' books, backlist yeah. books, and say, "Okay, I'm going to read this because I know it'll be good." Yeah, you her know. books are really—they're just very well researched mm-hmm. and they're good. Yeah, You're right. Okay. Okay. Enough about that. What <laughs> book do you want to tell us about? What surprised you? Well, I'd like to tag on a book to the stack by Simone St. James titled The Broken Girls. Uh, Ms. St. James has also written the book of Cold Cases, The Sundown Motel, and The Haunting of Maddie Claire. Have you read any of those books? I have not, but I, I have either. heard of The Book of Cold Cases. And The Sundown Motel I have heard of. But it looked like, don't quote me, I think The Haunting of Maddie Claire was her first, and it was okay. an award-winning book, and I love a good okay. movie story. This sounds so good. Um, she seems to love writing these haunting tales. In fact, it sounds like she wrote her first when she was in high school, <gasps> which I love because I yes. tried to write a murder mystery. That's I am right. not comparing myself to this author. No. <laughs> By the way. Yes. But... You know that that inspiration, and you uh-huh. just you you have time and yes. energy. Well, she yeah. started, and then she took off. She actually worked um, in another business, but she just kept writing until she could make writing her oh, full time position. You know, I wrote a book, or not not a book, a story mm-hmm. when I was in high school. It was called The Blue Rose. <laughs> And it was, I tried to make it like really creepy oh. and I still have it. And you do? it's terrible. It's te- but mine is terrible when as I, well. When I look back on it, yeah. that's what I loved reading when I was me that too. age, like creepy haunting things. Yes, me too. So the blue rose. <laughs> look for that. Look for it on what shelves. Was your, what was your book called? The Neighborhood. Oh. Yeah, it was about a bunch of friends and one of them was a killer. Oh, oh God. <laughs> but yours was a book. Yes. Yeah, mine was just a short story. Well, written in <laughs> written in a um, notebook, like a <gasps> um, three ring binder yes. that you rip the pages mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a pink cover. Mine was printed on that paper, the printer paper that had the little holes yes, on the side. Yes, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I still have. It I too. mean, this could be this could it's be our horrible. next career. <laughs> Look for this coming out soon. Okay, tell us about The Broken Girls. Um, So The Broken Girls came out in 2018. So it's a bit of a backlist book. So you should be able to get it in hand. And I'm going to suggest that you do. Okay. So here's the starting point. In this book, we have two timelines. The first is set in Vermont in 1950. Idlewood Hall houses the girls no one else wants. Illegitimate troublemakers and just generally the girls no one wants in their homes anymore Mm. it's a pretty sad situation they just literally come and drop them off that's sad and they have one visitation a month and sometimes the families come and sometimes they They don't don't. okay Mm -hmm. um it's in this house where four girls roommates bond over being unwanted 
having a hard time trusting others, and the fact that they all agree with the rumors Idlewood Hall is haunted. Mary Hand, in her black dress and veil, is said to have frozen to death after being locked out of her house that used to sit on the property before the hall was built. She's seen wandering the land, haunting the property, and whispering what scares each person the most. Oh, my gosh. She knows things that she should not. Okay. Yeah. But Roberta, Sonia, Cece, and Katie are a really strong four. And when Sonia never comes back from this unexpected visit to her aunt and uncle into their to their house, her friends know something horrible's happened, that she's dead because she would have come back. There's no other explanation. Even though the adults around them assume she ran off of the boy. And because that's like generally their mm-hmm. go-to. Okay. Um, these bad girls are gonna run off and un- be unresponsible. So she's just easily forgotten, but never forgotten by her friends. The second timeline is in the same small town in Vermont in 2014. 20 years ago, Fiona's big sister, Deb, was murdered and dropped off on the old field hockey field of the abandoned boarding school, Idlewood Mm. Hall. So many nights, Fiona finds herself walking the road by the school, trying to make sense of the horrible trauma of losing her sister. The killer was Deb's boyfriend, Tim, and he's in jail, um, but she just can't move on. She's Mm -hmm. kind of even contemplating, was it really him? Just all Mm. doesn't make sense to her, and she can't push it away. So Fiona is a journalist like her father, and when she discovers that an unknown wealthy family has purchased the abandoned school and plans to redo it and make it into a new girls' boarding school, she feels the need to find out why. Okay, that's just, to me, that's not a good idea (laughs) to revitalize this terrible place. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just so much horrible yeah, there Karma. are so many horrible memories that mm-hmm. have happened there. So she asked to write a story about the woman and her son who are choosing to restore it. And while walking the buildings for her story and taking pictures, the workers outside all start to congregate. You can tell something's wrong. A body has been found. Jeez, oh, a body that's been stuffed in an old well for sixty years. Oh gosh. A body that can't tell the story of her death. So Fiona decides she wants to tell it for her. So this book was surprising to me because I really thought it was just going to be about the, this sounds (laughs) just about the murder of a young girl. Um, But I thought it would be about that and the discovery of her murderer. I thought it would be the journey of Fiona and how she could heal through finding out the story that the poor girl couldn't tell. But obviously, because I was surprised, it was just so much more. There was a lot about the class system. Um, Tim, the boyfriend who murdered Deb, was from a very wealthy family. They owned the land of the Idlewood Hall. They, you know, they were best friends with the police chief. Mm. It was this very, um, there was a big class system who was buddies, who golfed with each other, mm. and they took care of each other. So the good old boys uh-huh. system. You mm-hmm. get to see some of that and about gender expectations in the 1950s. 
It was about World War II, surprisingly, Mm. some repercussions from that. And it was about family history, good or bad. And it was about a father and daughter and how they help each other to heal. And it was about a ghost with an unresolved past. And I love because that does, it's not just used as a creepy part. It's like a little tie-in through the whole story. Mm. So I really love this book because it wasn't just a silly mystery, which I enjoy sometimes. Mm -hmm. One that's predictable, one that I, you know, just enjoy the journey. But it was so much deeper and fuller than that. The characters had a lot of depth and the story had a lot of just branches that you had to follow along with to see where the story was going to go. And the relationship between Roberta, Cece, Katie, and Sonia was really touching. Mm. They were all very different and had different histories that led them to the same place. Um, One of them was the illegitimate child of a wealthy landowner, and her mom was the housemaid. Okay. Um, One of them, her uncle had just come back from the war, and she walked in on him trying to kill himself, and she went mute Hmm. for a little bit. And so her parents didn't want to deal with that, so they sent her Hmm. off. Um, They just had a lot of people that just didn't, all these people would just drop the girls off. Like throwing them away. Like we don't want to deal with your, whatever your issue is. So we don't want you anymore. So bye-bye. Yeah. And that, and it connects with the fact that Deb was dumped there Mm -hmm. too as garbage almost just in the middle of the field. Like not even hidden, just Just dumped out. Dumped. Mm -hmm. Um, And somehow they just, even though they were from different backgrounds, they understood each other more than anyone ever had. The story is hopeless and hopeful at the same Mm. time. And as you're reading, you just feel that they will make something out of their lives, these four girls, until Sonia's disappearance. And then Mm. it takes on a little bit of a different path. Yeah. Uh, Fiona was a super strong heroine. She was tough and feisty while still being broken and vulnerable, which I love Mm -hmm. in a main character, just that raw... Yeah, the flaws Mm -hmm. and everything. And the tie together that they were really all, Fiona included, they were all broken girls. And I enjoyed every minute of the book. In fact, I was trying to finish the book in the hallway at school as I walked to pick up my kids from the lunchroom. (laughs) And one of our friends, Tammy, saw me and looked at me and kind of winked and said, I totally understand. (laughs) It's great (laughs) to have such great bookish friends. Um. And that was The Broken Girls by Simone St. James. Oh, that sounds really good. And I've heard of Simone St. James and seen her books, never read one of them. Mm -hmm. But now this is making me feel like I just found a new author Mm -hmm. that I want to read everything she's written. Yeah, just so much depth to all the characters, the backstories. And I mean, I even loved The Ghost as one that Mary Hand, just her story was... Gave me chills, not just because I was scared, but her background story. Yeah. She was broken too. I like I these kind it. of uh, this kind of book because you're expecting it to be a little bit on the surface or superficial, mm-hmm. yeah, and definitely. it ends up being mm-hmm. so much deeper than yes. you thought. So I'm excited to try some of her other books. Me out. too. Okay. All right. Well, I have another book to add to this stack, and I'm pretty excited about it. 
It's called Northwoods by Daniel Mason. It was published in September of 2023, and it has this great, great cover, Mm -hmm. which kind of looks like a wood cutting print, colorful of a panther. Yes. And that was one of the things, I had read some reviews on it, but that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that really drew me to the book was the cover. So let me tell you about the book first, and then I'm going to tell you why I put it in this (laughs) stack of being surprising. So here's a starting point. It all starts with a Puritan couple who's running away together and then a cabin in the woods. And it's the story of this one yellow house and all those who inhabit it after this Puritan couple. Hmm. So some of the stewards of the house include, and this is in no particular order, a panther who's Mm -hmm. on the cover, a fugitive trying to escape slavery with her baby, a Revolutionary War soldier who turns into an apple grower, twin spinsters, were really interesting, (laughs) a painter who's in love with someone who's forbidden, and lots and lots more fascinating characters, including a beetle. Oh, like a bug beetle. A bug beetle. Okay. (laughs) And I definitely had favorites. One of my favorites was a young man who had mental illness. Mm. And some of the reasons or thing underlying causes of his mental illness okay. are extremely surprising. Oh. So that okay. was one of my favorite stories, but I loved a lot of them. The way that the author tells these stories and then weaves them together into this super imaginative and perfect ending mm-hmm. was amazing. And it was one of these endings where you had to reread it. Mm. So I reread it a couple yes. of times. It just it tied every single part My of the book together. And yes. it was so perfect mm-hmm. and so completely unexpected that I just had to experience it again. It's funny because that means that ending just gave you so many different feelings that you had to kind of, I've had that before, not on tons, but I just want to read that final scene. Yeah. Again, one more time because, Oh yeah. And I mean, talk about emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. There were so many through this book. So, So there were sometimes when I was completely creeped out by some of the situations that were just scary Mm -hmm and terrible, and characters that weren't very nice and that were downright odd and creepy. Right. It wouldn't be a very good story if it was just all these wonderful people. No. Yeah. No. I felt a lot of empathy Mm. for people, and uh, there were just all kinds of things going through my mind as I was reading. Mm -hmm. All the things, all the feels. It was just a complex, really wonderful story. So... Mm. The book surprised me because I thought I was going to abandon it at first. In (laughs) fact, I think I texted you a picture of it and just said, this is weird. You did? You did. (laughs) This is the picture. That's exactly it. Just said, this is weird. And I think my next question was, are you abandoning it? And it, (laughs) it is such a weird book, but in 
the most delightful yes. and wonderful way. And I didn't end up abandoning it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up mm-hmm. really, really loving it. So I was kind of thrown off by the format at first of because it, they're short stories. Mm-hmm. And at first I couldn't get into them. But as I read, I began to notice the way they all connected. And by more than like, first I was going to say maybe by the middle, but it happened sooner than Mm -hmm. that. I was just all in Mm -hmm. and especially by the end. So I guess I was expecting this like super linear linear Mm -hmm. way of telling the story, like the Puritan couple, Charity and Frederick, Frederick, you know, (laughs) ran away from their colony Mm -hmm. because no one supported their love. And they Mm. built the cabin and then they had children and then their children grew up and inherited the cabin Mm -hmm. and, you know, something else happened. And I thought it was just... An obvious connection between the people and the the cabin. Yeah. Yeah. That it was just going to go on and on until Mm -hmm. it came to the present. But although it does go on until it comes to the present, these characters that inhabit this home Mm -hmm. are... They're connected in ways, but they're also really different. So okay. it wasn't this traditional way of telling yeah, a story. That's really neat. And I really, I was really, really into it. It's just really different and interesting the way it's put together. And there's also all of these pictures and mm. diagrams and letters and songs that appear throughout the book, just all kinds of things that make it so inventive and really strange, mm-hmm. but in a really good way. So probably not a great audiobook option. I, I would say not print? for me. Okay. I would say for sure in print because if you were Just doing audio, it. you would miss yeah. all of these interesting mm-hmm. photos and yeah. diagrams that that give you more insight into. Right. And some of them are just kind of weird, and I would. I would read the chapter and then I would have to go back or That's I would awesome, see the though. image and then go back mm-hmm. to see like how, how like does that. this connect? So the other thing is the natural environment is a really central motif right up until the very end. And it, just the descriptions of the land surrounding the yellow house mm-hmm. and the weather surrounding the house the forest, the apples, Mm. all of it is alive. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And sometimes, especially when I travel, I think, well, not sometimes, really all the time, I think about the places I'm in, Mm -hmm. like if I'm by a creek or a mountain, and I wonder, what was this place like in the past? Like, what was it like 100 years ago or 200 years ago? And what is this place going to be like in the future? Yeah. And, you know, if you think of maybe a place that you went this summer, Mm -hmm. that place right now, we're sitting here recording, but that place is where it is doing Mm -hmm. whatever it does. Yeah. And these are the things that run through my mind a lot Mm -hmm. when I go different places. I just think it's really fascinating. And Mm -hmm. in this story you get to see what happens 
to a place over time. Yeah, I love that. And that other people in the story don't know that this happened. Right. And so it's just such a sense of place. It's it's just like a genre-bending book. Sounds like it. It really is. I mean, I do that. We used to have a really creepy... I called it creepy, old rundown house on our street where mm-hmm. I grew up, and I'd have to walk by it every day. And I would always think, what did it look like before? Mm-hmm. Who lived there? Were the other houses there yeah. while that house was there? Yeah. What about when the road was gone? Was that, you know? Right. It's just really neat to think So I time. think you would really like this book mm-hmm. because it's like places have a history. Right. And even, you know, the thing that was neat about this book is there were a couple characters that weren't people. Right. The, the panther and That's the beetle. It's very and, realistic. Yeah. And, and not it's, just people were living there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I did. It's That's really It's neat. really, really great. So if you want to try something really original, mm-hmm. you should definitely pick this up. And I hope I did a good job to I, your book, Daniel Mason, because it is... Fantastic. And it's just, yeah. it should win awards and it's already oh. on a lot of lists for yeah. best of Good, the year. Goodreads has it on favorite of 2023 awesome. as a choice. Yeah. Um, and you don't really get that many times now. A lot of stories are formulaic. Yeah. I mean, still great, but right. a definite formula like movies have, but this yeah. one seems out of the norm. And it's I really way like that. out of the box. I we do like too. weird, like weird and strange are yeah. good words to us. A little hint of geek, right? Yes. So I think that sounds, you, so, got, you got me to want to read it. Good. Yes. And I think it would be a good, um, you know, just to kind of challenge yourself to step mm-hmm. out of your comfort zone yeah. and read something really original. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, read it. What do you want to share next? Okay, well, I want to share Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. Okay, this is one of your authors. Fantasy, right? Yes, fantasy. This book came out in 2012, which is hilarious because I was just telling you that I need to read some more backlist books because all Mm -hmm. I'm reading right now are new books. Yes. You did just say that right before we turned the microphone (laughs) on. But both of my books are, okay. Okay. I'm just a liar to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It seems to be her first series, and it's the first in a series of five books. She also wrote the Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is one I brought, and the Crescent City series. Crescent City series is the only one I have not jumped into yet. Okay. And this is an author that my daughter really likes. Um, so I actually borrowed it from her, and she's excited. She has number two on her list for Christmas, and we were arguing about who got to read it first. Oh, did Even she though it's win? Not really, yeah, it's not really an argument since it's on her Christmas no. list. Yeah, but I tried. <laughs> I thought maybe if I met, made sad mom eyes, but she didn't fall she for didn't. it. <laughs> So here's the starting point for Throne of Glass. Selena Sardothian had a very hard life. Um, we don't quite know. My daughter says you find out more as the series goes on. But while we don't know exactly how she was orphaned, um, she woke up like laying in the middle of her two parents that had oh. passed away but been killed. Okay. So you don't, But you have no idea why or how. Um, she ends up being snatched up to be trained by the king of assassins, mm. 
trained to steal and kill for a living. And apparently she's very good at, at it. So her name is known across the country. Okay. Eventually, she was caught and put in a horrible prison, um, one that most people don't serve out their sentence because most don't survive for long. Okay. But Selena has survived, and one day she is released to become the prince's champion. So the prince sends his um, captain of the guard, Kale, to come and collect her to be his champion. So if she agrees to come to the capital city and fight against 23 other killers, thieves, warriors, other people's champions, she will earn her freedom after serving the current king for four years. Wow. That sounds dangerous. Uh, yeah. she. It's funny because she's really not worried. She's very haughty about her skills. Mm. She's really not concerned about losing the tournament. Okay. Um, she has very strong feelings of disgust for the king. Okay. She kind of, I don't know, maybe describe her a little bit of a Robin Hood type. Okay. She does not like the wealthy that take advantage of the poor. Mm -hmm. So um, she's endearing in that way. Mm -hmm. But she's kind of like a haughty teenager. Okay. She's not a teenager, but she kind of has little that pompous. attitude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And her first inkling is, well, I'm just going to escape mm. during the tournament. Yeah. So smart. then I don't have to serve my four years. Yeah. But um, she's heavily watched. She's introduced as a different person because so many people know her name. Oh. They can't say who it really is. She has some fame. She does. Okay. Um, so they introduce her as a jewel thief. Okay. Lillian. Lillian. So she's wearing gowns and dressing oh. and things like that. Okay. She kind of gets a little bit into that. Um, so the crown prince, Dorian, provokes her while making her feel some things she hasn't felt for some time. And the captain of the guard, Kale, continually protects and cares for her, also causing her to feel another set of mm -hmm. feelings she hasn't had ever before. So there's a little bit of that young adult fantasy Love triangle okay. there, but it doesn't yeah. get out of control or too mushy. Okay. Anything like that. So as if the tournament isn't dangerous enough, they have competitions every three days, things like uh, poisoning. So they have like eight bottles of things and they have to put them in order from the least dangerous to the most dangerous. Oh. And then they have to drink what they think is the least dangerous. It's kind of like a reality show. It is. <laughs> and then someone is kicked good. off. Okay. So I, I really enjoyed that. Okay, But yeah. as if that isn't dangerous enough, there's this unimaginable evil that takes the form of something I don't want to ruin that lurks deep in the bowels of the castle. And it's being brought to the surface, surface to serve some kind of evil purpose mm. i love the mm -hmm. detail of these hidden tunnels mm -hmm. and tombs under the castle i think that's always yeah i cool. love it um yeah so little by little this evil is killing off some of selena's competitors so the tournament takes on a new and deadly twist she wasn't quite prepared for but who's ever prepared for the past to meet the present? And is Selena ready to accept what she begins to be involved in? There's a lot to enjoy in this book. 
Um, I read some reviews. People were taking it a bit too, I felt, just my opinion, too seriously. Um, saying things like, that would never happen. <laughs> well, no, it's a fantasy. It yeah. <laughs> it's it a wouldn't. fantasy involving younger people. Right. And so, that's part of the fun of a fantasy it, is it, it is. would never happen. I mean, I, I uh, no, uh, Fourth Wing yeah. How popular that got. Right. It was the whole thing. If you if you rested in the area of like that would never happen, you would miss the whole trip. You would the journey. Don't you feel like that's the same with a lot of books? I mean, yeah. unless it's a memoir. Like right. There's a lot of things in books that would never happen. Harry Potter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of when people rate a book like number one because it re- arrived damaged. Yeah. The story? No. Yeah. The book, you know, not the author's fault. Did you know that I wrote a fantasy, like a little novella type oh. when I was in eighth grade? Yes. It's called The Blue Rose. You it was did. written in a spiral notebook. Oh, and it was terrible. Nice. <laughs> but it was a fantasy. <laughs> now, I believe you have also I re- written a fantasy. I but did. yours was a book. Yes. Okay. Yes. Called Tell the me neighborhood. about it. The Neighborhood. Tell me about the premise. Friend, you know, just friends. Someone in the friend group is killing everyone mm-hmm. else. Yeah, that sounds good. And it was, they were all named after my friends <laughs> in high school. And okay. it was, I reread it. It was yeah. printed off on, it's like 200 pages. Oh. Printed off on the paper from the yeah. printer that had the little holes. Yes. On the yeah. sides. Oh, gosh, I can so picture this. And it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Isn't it's that horrible. funny? I would th- say things like, and then. She saw a note on top of her backpack. Yeah. And oh. it said, I'm watching you. Oh, oh scary. Wow. <laughs> That's really so creative. Funny. So Isn't everyone just keep an eye out for, yeah, for both of books. those. They might the come neighborhood out. and the blue, blue rose. rose. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was amazing because a rose <laughs> could never be blue. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this book sounds <laughs> way better. Than what I created. <laughs> it is. And it's a fantasy. Just a really enjoyable read. I, I like this author. She just yeah. she writes a fun story. I like going on the journey with her. Uh-huh. And I mean, the fantasies are so much so that it's not a realistic fantasy at all. It is just totally made up. <laughs> so I also love the relationship with Selena and Princess Nehemia who's mm-hmm. like a, a delegate almost coming from a country that is being treated poorly and people are being killed by this king. Okay. So she's actually in a lot of danger there. So they create quite a nice relationship, and I like the ups and downs of that. So if you want to just dive in and enjoy the journey of this great fantasy, mm-hmm. you should pick it up. That was Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. Love it. What do you have in your hand? Okay. Oh, gosh. So I have this book that really and truly surprised me. And it's a little different. It's a little. one that I. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real different. Real so, different. and I kind of feel like this book sort of changed me in a, mm. in a way. So I mm-hmm. want to talk about that a little bit more after I okay. tell you what the book's about. But Perfect. And also, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Yes. And 
I don't normally say this about a book, but I really do feel thankful that I read mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. of how it sort of um, changed how I feel. That's it's awesome. it's really good. Okay, oh, so it's called Simon Sort of Says. It's by Aaron Bow. Came out in January of 2023. And it's a middle grade novel and it is magic. It's mm-hmm. magical. So here's the starting point. Simon, he's 12 and he's in the seventh grade. He's a survivor of a school shooting Ugh. when he was in fifth grade. Oh. And he and his parents, so this happened in, like, in a small town that was kind of um, enveloped by Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. So he and his parents moved to Grin and Barrett, Nebraska. (laughs) Is it real? It's not a real place. But (laughs) it kind of tells you everything you need to know about Mm -hmm. sort of the tone of the book. Okay. The way the author writes. Mm Mm-hmm. Grin and Barrett, Nebraska, is the only place in the country with no internet. Oh. And so they've gone there to try to start over okay. and so that people can't discover yeah. who Simon is. It's very smart. So they live in a funeral home. And I should say also, Grin and Barrett, Nebraska, is the home to this scientific community of people that are mm-hmm. studying about aliens and space oh, and physics okay. and all this kind of stuff. So they live in a funeral home because Simon's mom is an undertaker and his dad is a deacon in the Catholic church. Okay. And Simon starts in a new school mm-hmm. and he's dealing with his PTSD and his absolute dearest wish is that no one is going to discover who he is Mm, and it is is. and he makes some new friends Mm -hmm. so agate who describes herself as an autistic person (laughs) and kevin who loves to change the color of his hair okay so kind of two friends that are yeah maybe sort of on the yeah quirky and on the fringes so agate's family raises guide dogs and Simon is gifted one to foster. Okay. So that in hopes that this little dog, yeah. little golden retriever, will turn into a great guide dog. Okay. So when Kevin's mom does something that completely up, upends Simon's world, mm-hmm. and I mean, when you read this part, you're going to have two feelings. One, you're going to think, like, why in the world did she do that? Yeah. And then, two, you're also going to kind of think about her and her intentions behind what she did. Mm. Okay. But so it just creates a lot of issues for Simon and his family. Yeah. But as a result, Simon learns what it takes to kind of write his own, own story. Oh. So... Here are some of the things that I found totally surprising. First of all, the subject matter would not normally be something that I would read and I would stay kind of far away from Mm -hmm. because I feel as a teacher, this kind of heightened sense, heightened emotion about school shootings is awareness, awareness, that's a good word, is always in the back of our minds. We're all, no matter where we are, if we're Mm -hmm. on a field trip. If yeah. we're in the lunchroom, mm-hmm. if we're at recess, mm-hmm. if we're t- 
teaching class, we're always thinking about how we can keep our students safe. Right. And that's something that can cause a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So normally I would not be interested in reading about this, but it's treated with such a gentle and humorous hand that it's really accessible and it's extremely human and poignant. And I just feel like everything is treated exactly right. Mm -hmm. And she does such an outstanding job with revealing bit by bit Simon's PTSD and what he does to deal with it and what happened to Simon. It does not start out in the first sentence saying, you know, Simon was a victim of a school shooting, survivor of a school shooting. So it starts to take place in Omaha or near Omaha? No, No. it starts taking place when they've moved to Grin and Barrett. Okay, and just those pieces get sprinkled in. They get sprinkled in. So it doesn't start out at Mm -hmm. all um, you even knowing that this has happened unless you read the book blurb. And you should because I feel like you should know that that is Mm -hmm. coming up so you can kind of prepare yourself. Um, So she sprinkles in these serious things at just the right time. Okay. And then some humorous things as well. Okay, that's great. So it's never, it never feels heavy. Mm -hmm. The humor in this book is laugh out loud funny. Both of the parents have jobs that lend themselves to some (laughs) really hysterical moments. And I would have read a book just about Simon, the boy who was who had who had to move to a small town that nobody's ever heard of without internet whose mom was an undertaker and whose dad was a deacon in the catholic church and just some of the crazy things that happen <laughs> yeah. to both parents and in the community and like so for example there's a peacock oh. that's crazy that lives on the property of oh gosh at their the funeral home mm. And does these insane, <laughs> these insane things. So a smart thing to add as an author. Yeah. It's very right? smart writing. So I love the way that Simon and his friends decide to do something really surprising in their community of this science mm-hmm. um, and space kind of exploration people mm-hmm. by sending a pretend message from aliens. <laughs> and in the midst of this, and Simon isn't really sure he wants to be part of this, but but I love that's very kid. Yeah, me. and yeah. just the way they go about it is hysterical. But in the midst of all this, Simon makes this decision that's going to help him decide who he wants to be. It's so well done, and it's really funny, and it's going to surprise you okay. what happens. And then what Simon does in reaction to what happened. Hmm. It's it's life-changing for him. And I thought the friendships were just so wonderful. They're just three kids. They're quirky. They accept each other for who and what they are. You're going to love reading about Agate's family, especially. Every kid, I think there's like seven kids in her family. Every one of them is named after a rock or a mineral. Uh. And... One of their neighbors can't keep them straight, so he just calls her Rocky. <laughs> and she has really authentic awesome. relationships with her siblings. Okay. 
that you're going to think are funny and just also very natural. Mm -hmm. And I love the way that she and Simon become these best friends. It's a really special and funny relationship. They support each other. They hurt each other. But they realize they need to stick together. And I really like this book for showing like really like a neurodivergent character, really different. Somebody that some kids might think is weird. But she's just got these special gifts. Mm -hmm. And I love the way that she and Simon connect. Mm -hmm. And then Kevin comes in as well. But the primary friendship relationship is Agate and Simon. I also really love the inclusion of how this the school shooting traumatized Simon's parents Mm. and the way that they support the three of them support each other. Okay. Uh, It's going to surprise you. It's going to make you laugh at times. There are some times when they're going through something and then, you know, it's a little serious and then suddenly the peacock does something crazy or it's just there's also a crazy squirrel in the story it's just so kid appropriate i can't stress that enough you're sharing a lot about these weird little animals and beasts yeah yeah today today. all together that's right the panther so (laughs) i just felt like this book has so much heart Mm. it would be a great one to read with uh, if you have a middle grader Mm -hmm. so that you could discuss together yeah i could see that um I think it would really empower kids, mm-hmm. and I think adults should read it, too. For me, I think the way it changed me the most was it was just very healing hmm. to read about. Might be a neat book for, like, a school district to do for their teachers, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to read, yeah mm-hmm. to read together yeah. as a book club or something. Yeah. So don't miss her comments at the end. They're going to enrich your reading experience. She talks about why she wrote the book. She talks about things that are real and things that aren't real. She talks about her own family. You're going, and they're all written in the same tone of the book. It's funny. Yeah. It's quirky. Yeah. It's just a very different approach. And I really, really appreciated it. So please pick this up. Yeah. It's Simon sort of says by Aaron Bow. And I looked her up. It looks like she's written some fantasy type yeah. books, which I, is just interesting. She's written a lot of books. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of her no. before. So I'll have but, to check her out too. Yeah. Really, really right. wonderful. Thanks for sharing. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. So glad you joined us today. If you'd like some other titles that go along with this theme, check out our show notes from today's episode. Please share this episode with a friend and check us out on Instagram at The Book Bumble. We'd love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. Join us next time with a new bundle of wonderful reads. Until next time. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, 
That's a hard no about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I would love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook, where you can find me at Thoughts From a Page. If you enjoy this show, please consider joining my Patreon group to access bonus content and support the podcast. If you have a moment to rate the show or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts, I would really appreciate it. It makes a big difference. And please tell all of your friends about Thoughts From a Page. Word of mouth does wonders to help the show grow. I hope you'll tune in next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.